This just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sam Productions production. Welcome to the Autism Warriors podcast, episode nine. April is Autism Awareness Month, the good, the bad, and the heartbreaking severe autism. You can catch us at our website at autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Twitter is sayitprods. Facebook, facebook.com backslash autismwarriors, and facebook.com backslash sayitproductions. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. We're live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or medications. My name's Erica Plord, and I'm the mother to two children on the spectrum, Cassidy 9 and Garrett 7. And I'd like to introduce my co-host, Pamela Mari. Hello, Pam. Hi, good evening. My name is Pam Mari. My son, Joey, is 13, and he also is on the autism spectrum. So how are you? I'm well. I'm cold. I have a blanket on. (laughs) But anyway, I just wanted to make an announcement um, about entering the contest to win the free license for the Android, iPhone, iPad, tablet application called Discover My Voice. That contest is still ongoing. And um, you could go to AutismWarriors.com and listen to Episode 8 to get the details on that, on how you can... um, submit your entry and uh, we had a couple resources available that we found over the past week um one of them is aut- it's about aut- different autism products autism dvds and books asperger's autism stores and it's called got-autism.com it's dedicated to helping those on the autism spectrum realize their goals and dreams while supporting parents and professionals in the process. Choose from a wide selection of therapeutic, educational, and practical life products for children on the autism spectrum. It has ABA tools, PECs, uh, social skills, occupational and speech therapy aids, turn-taking games, sensory diet activities, developmental toys, and fidgets, autism slash Asperger books, DVDs, video modeling, awareness, apparel, and more. Definitely a good thing to check it out, check out. And then I found one, um, it's called a special companion for a special child. And that's, um, hold on a second here. Kid company, kidcompanions.com. I'm sorry. It is, The Kid Companion was designed by a mom for her child. They are BPA, and I cannot pronounce this name, Thetalate, lead and latex-free accessories made for children to teens. Unique tactile features help your child be him or herself anytime, anywhere. Basically what it is, it's this this thing that's attached to a, a, a lanyard, and they wear it around their neck. 
and you know it could be you know sensory feely thing or they chew it or something like that it's chewable and wearable fidget that is safe stylish and effective it's the perfect alternative to fidget toys and chewies and worn as jewelry is less than discreet as a parent as a parent or caregiver looking for accessories for a growing special needs child can be a challenge. Youth affected by sensory processing disorder, SPD, autism spectrum disorder, ASD, attention deficit disorder, ADD or ADHD can still benefit from developmental toys. However, age appropriate tools can be even harder to find. And it was designed, I thought it was cool because it was designed by a mother. I have to check it out. I, I don't know. I always had a problem with those chewy things. I never quite understood See, my the necessity son, for them. And uh, Garrett chews the front of his. When he gets nervous, he'll chew his shirt. Yeah, so does Joey. <laughs> he chews the front of his shirt. I was thinking maybe getting him one of those. You know, here, chew this. Dude, chew this. I don't know. Is it good for their teeth? I don't I don't know. It doesn't say anything about whether or not it's good for their teeth or anything like that. So I would just like to get one just to see what it looks like and how it feels and you know. Oh, I know there are kids that go through tons of sleeves doing that, just chewing. Mm-hmm. You know, or the hem the hem of the garment, you know, constantly chewing on it. Um so I guess it's better than that to each his own, you know. Decide what's best for your own child. Exactly. I always used to worry that they, when they're little, I mean, toddler size or or three or four or five, that, you know, they could be on the playground and, like, get that thing hooked on a bar and be hanging there by their jewelry. So that's why I never really Ah. thought it was, I, you know, I worry about everything. So (laughs) (laughs) understood, understood. But I think Um, that's more geared towards, I mean, they're leading it more towards older children and teens because there's a lot of, it's hard to find stuff like that for the older children. Yeah, that wouldn't stick out like a, they're wearing a binky or something, you know. They wouldn't look stupid. They wouldn't look age appropriate. So maybe you can pick what shape or definition you want on this thing so that you feel more comfortable actually wearing it. Exactly. It's worth a look. Worth a look. Anything's worth a look. Exactly. They have colors. They have circles, or they have hearts. You can have them dyed, or you could get them undyed. You can have them color organic or undyed organic, or you can have them clip on. Okay. Clip on, or you can wear it as a necklace. Oh, a or, okay, or, so they're yeah. yeah. Solves my problem. Okay. All right. Well, my resource for the week is teachtown.com. And I was relatively impressed with this. Teachtown interactive software for teaching kids on the spectrum covers language development, adaptive skills, social and emotional issues, cognitive functioning, language arts, and math. And in my opinion, it had attractive characters and animations, nice artwork, pleasant to look at and watch. And it can be used in the classroom and it can be used at home. You can get a 12-month subscription for $380. 
down to a three-month subscription for $100 if you just want to give it a try. But there are a lot of these things out there, and sometimes when I look at them, I, I'm like, ooh, I don't really find that too visually attracting or or very pleasant to look at uh, as far as the characters go. But I think this one was really, really well done, and it's called teachtown.com. That looks very interesting. I'm actually on the website right now, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, I definitely need to look into something like that for Garrett. <laughs> but go, going to our topic of the week, the good, the bad, and the heartbreaking, severe autism. Me being my snarky self, I said it sounds like a Clint Eastwood movie. Well, obviously it's a play on that, but I, being that it's Autism Awareness Month and we had done a feel-good show I I felt that we owed it to the the community, shall we say, to also address the very, very severe end of the spectrum because this month I've run into a lot of moms that feel that they are not paid any attention to, that folks are not truly aware of how, how severe, severe it is. Yeah, and what they deal with. So I thought we needed to dedicate a, an episode to them and what their their lives are like. Autism presents in wide degrees from those who are socially impaired and apparently mentally handicapped to those whose symptoms are mild or improved enough to appear ordinarily, quote-unquote, normal to the general public. In terms of both classification and therapy, autistic individuals are often divided into those with an IQ less than 80, referred to as having low-functioning autism, or LFA, while those with an IQ greater than 80 are referred to as having high-functioning autism. Low and high-functioning autism are more commonly applied to how well an individual can accomplish activities of daily living rather than to IQ. The terms low and high-functioning and autism are controversial and not all people living with autism accept those labels. And you'll find that if you go into a lot of the adult chat rooms and, and listen to what they're saying. The number of people diagnosed with severe autism is not rising quite as sharply as mild autism. No, it's not. Yeah. Children with low-functioning autism are more likely to be mentally challenged and have epilepsy. And Erica, maybe you could go through some of these more common traits. Oh, yeah. More common traits in low-functioning or severe autism. You get your hand wringing, appearance of poorly coordinated manner of walking or stepping, severely impaired expressive and receptive language development, lack of or infrequent initiation, lack of usual nonverbal gestures, in other words, pointing, head shake, nod, unable to control improper behavior, Avoids or uses eye contact in odd ways. Prefers to be alone. Inability to imitate body movement, vocal, or motor. Engages in rhythmic, rhythmic body movements such as rocking, pacing, hand flapping, toe walking, and spinning. Over and under sensitivity to sound, smell, touch, visual stimulus, and pain. May not be... May not be May not seek physical comfort from parents or caregiver. Unusual display of emotion, for example, giggling or weeping for no apparent reason. Or sometimes having the, the swap, giggling when they should be crying or crying when they, crying when they should be giggling. Sometimes they 
they do that too. Impulsive, um, unwillingness, aggressive behavior, and self-injurious behavior. And I think the last two along, I don't even, they didn't even, I guess that's in another segment here. Um, the thing that is the hardest for the families to deal with is, for many of these kids, the um, the self-injurious behaviors, and we'll go into that a little more. Uh, obviously, self-injurious meaning something you do to hurt yourself as opposed to hurting someone else. Um, many of these folks have behavior and emotional problems. Children with mental challenges are more likely to exhibit behavior and emotional problems than their peers. Academically, low-functioning children lag behind in achievement for their age expectations. Typically, students with mental challenges are three to four years behind their peers without disabilities and may manage from a second to a sixth grade level of achievement upon completion of formal education. I wonder how they came to that conclusion, but I'm not brilliant enough to question that. Uh, a big problem for many of these folks is the physical problems. Some children with mild mental disabilities are below average in height, weight, and skeletal maturity. Many display coinciding physical problems, uh, chronic gastrointestinal ailments. According to the Autism Research Institute, many autistic children have chronic diarrhea, constipation, gastritis, or colitis. And that's, I think, something that's talked about widely in the autism community is the connection to the gut. The yeah. organization says evidence indicates many autistic children have lactose or gluten allergies or sensitivities, which may be causing the GI problems. Low sulfite levels result in autistic children having GI problems, shown that over 90% have low sulfates, not sulfite, sulfate levels, according to the Autism Research Institute, which can cause significant problems in natural detoxification, meaning your body can't rid itself of of the nasty things that our bodies are able to flush out. Um, so you might have a toxicity problem going on in, mm -hmm. in the body itself. Abnormal walking behavior. Uh, the child may walk only on their toes or more sh slowly or with like a, a stomping and over walking, shall we say, like a, almost like a marching kind of mm -hmm. gait. Um, hypersensitivity, and this can be across the the whole gamut for our kids, hypersensitive to uh, sound when touched or encountering bright lights or sounds, repetitive behavior, the rocking, the hand flapping, twirling. Uh, and here's a real one that, that is just such a bad problem for, for many of the families is the head banging uh, or teeth grinding. Yeah. We, yeah, I mean, the head banging is just like a nightmare. Coexisting disorders... National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke finds that autistic children have a higher rate for coexisting disorders such as tuberous sclerosis and Tourette syndrome. Additionally, up to 30% of autistic children develop epilepsy. Uh, children with low fun functioning autism cannot control their behavior while out in public. They can be violent and for no apparent reason to the rest of us attack someone and then be passive a few minutes later. The children do not require the communication, they do not acquire, forgive me, the communication necessary for holding a conversation. About half of all autistic children are mute, and those who speak often only repeat what they have heard. 
estimated that 50% of individuals with autism develop purposeful communicative language. And I just wanted to mention, um, I went to Wendy's over the weekend and I noticed a boy who had to be either preteen or teen making noises and not giving the woman he was with any eye contact. And they were sitting down eating. And I immediately thought this kid has autism. Um, he seemed to be enjoying his lunch, but every once in a while he would rock back and forth and make noises. And I think I'm fairly good at picking up on the cues that someone may have an autism spectrum disorder. A couple of years ago, I picked up on it at a restaurant in which we were having a birthday party for me. My table was making way too much noise, and it was bothering a boy that was seated behind us with his family. He was getting more and more agitated. I had to tell the people at my table to quiet down because we were disrupting his ability to enjoy his night out with his family. When we quiet down, quieted down, he seemed to calm down. So, oh, I think you nailed it on the head there. Mm-hmm pretty yep. observant of you um, yeah, I, I pick up on it <laughs> well we can't help but now because we're in it you know we know what to exactly look, we know, know what, what to, to look, look for look for and one other well as we were just saying sometimes many times the folks that are on the more severe end of the spectrum engage in the self-injurious behaviors and these are self-inflicted harms such as banging oneself on the ears banging the head against the wall or other hard surface, biting oneself on the hand or wrist. Yep. And it Cass can get pretty severe sometimes. It can, it can. Cassidy used to do this when she was nonverbal. And even when she began to talk, if she got upset, she would bite herself. She'd ask other people to pull her hair. Um, Garrett used to, and he still does sometimes, when he gets upset, he'll bang himself on the head. He'll yeah, Joey still does it. And he's also a, a hand biter, although... It's it's kind of it's not funny, but it's it's curious that now when he does it, he pulls his sleeve down over his hand and then bites that because he knows it hurts. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't really want to hurt himself. He's just it's that for outfit. him. It's a habit. Yeah, and it's it's serving some some purpose. But uh, like I said, with the more severe kids, they will do it until they bleed. I mean, mm -hmm. they will they will draw blood. They will bang themselves in the head um, to the Until point that... Until they have that, that bruise there that into the yeah, point they I knock mean, themselves out. Yeah, it's, it's very... It's dangerous. It is dangerous. And a lot of that, as, uh, as we'll mention later, is sometimes connected with seizure activity. Many children often engage in SIBs, as we call them, self-injurious behaviors during seizures. Some persons with autism are so self-injurious that they must wear protective headgear or have their hands restrained to prevent damage to themselves, to themselves. And uh, again, we'll mention later uh, a video that if folks really want to see what this looks like, they can see on YouTube. But it's interesting that the mom describes that she can she can see after obviously raising the young man for 18, 20 years when he's going to have a seizure. And she points out how you can visualize that seizure activity on his face. And then wow. the behaviors start. Then you can see him start to bang himself in the head and bang himself in the head. And he cannot he cannot cease it. He he has no control over that. So she ties his hand hands down either to a chair or to a belt that he wears around his waist. Mm -hmm. And it, it looks, 
maybe to an onlooker it looks cruel. You know, you think, my God, this kid's hands are tied down. But it's so he doesn't he, hurt himself. Yeah, he can't do it for himself. She has to do it for him. And you can kind of tell, and she describes it much better than I, once it is done, how you can see the look on his face change. Like, thank God somebody helped me. You know, somebody stopped me from doing this to myself. And this is why we put that title up there this week about the heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It is. Watch this. And folks don't know about this. So that's why we're putting it out there today. These these people cannot help it. They cannot control it. It is their body taking them over. Mm-hmm. And anyone that has somehow miraculously gotten from a nonverbal position to a verbal position and used to engage in these types of things and is able to communicate it to the world why they did this to themselves, they will tell you, I couldn't, I had no control over it. I had to do it. And that doesn't really make much sense to us, but it's, it's what appears to be a good body taking over the mental part of a person. The body takes over. So that yeah. is to me one of the worst things about about the severe autism that you have to sit there and watch your child injure, gouge themselves in the eyes or bang themselves in the head or, you know, I can't, you know, my days are not fun, but I can't imagine... Yeah, I know. When Ca- when Cassidy used to bang her head, they said, "Don't stop her. Don't stop her. What if she's gonna, she's going to hurt herself? Don't don't stop her. She's doing it for a reason." I'm like, oh my god, you know, she'd walk around. She'd had a would have a perpetual bruise on her forehead. I mean, she has a birthmark between her eyes, but she has a she would have a perpetual bruise, and sometimes there would be breaking of the skin because. Um, she would get up she would get upset um when i put her to bed at night if i closed the door she couldn't figure out how to open the door if i closed the door she would bang her head on the doorknob until i came in to check on her and i'm like why are you banging your head and she couldn't tell me that mommy i want you to leave the door open you know because i'm scared she just would bang her head so it's it's pretty scary and and they're like don't stop her from doing it and I'm like why not you know well I think they were probably coming from the the respect you know with the with the three reasons anybody does anything you know for to get something to get out of something uh or for a sensory issue and I know that they say when they do things like that and it draws attention it, you know you go oh my god stop doing that you know, that's why they tell you not to pay attention to it. But I think when it gets to the point, like with some of these folks, that it it borders on true physical damage, mm-hmm. then you have to do so. You, you can't just ignore it. You have to no. either block it, you know, via the headgear or the restraining or something of that nature. Trust me, there's many times I, I worried about Joey bonking himself in the head because you could hear the you could hear the bone and it's the bone in the bone. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, my God, how can you do that? And and these children are even worse than that. I mean, the bleeding ears and, like you say, black and blues and 
But mm-hmm. uh, I think in their case, and again, we're not doctors, we're not psychologists, but from what I see and have read that many times their SIBs are related to the seizure activity. Yeah. And that's not with all of them, but, but with many. Yeah, that's probably, and, and when, when I had read about the seizures and the epilepsy, and I, re, I, 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 I re, you know, remembered or reflected on my journey with autism, and I said, you know, that's why they had, a, had us go to a neurologist, take Garrett to a neurologist, take Cassidy to a neurologist. They wanted to see, because Garrett would do this weird thing. He'd space out and his eyes would like, you'd see his eyes twitching. So they said, maybe he's having seizures. So they sent us to a neurologist. Say he went through an electroencephalograph. They said, nope, there's nothing, nothing leading towards epilepsy. He would just space out because I thought he was having a seizure because just the, the, the way his eyes would move and he would just, and basically they said he must be just drifting off into his own little world at that moment. I'm like, okay. Yeah. that is. He's since grown out of that. Yeah. It was scary. He's since grown out of that, but I was like, when it was happening, I was like, oh my God, does my kid have epilepsy on top of autism? You know, it's pretty scary. So. Well, again, like I said, this month, being Autism Awareness Month, and I'm I'm probably going around in circles here, um, not following our progressive That's okay. talk. But we live with it every day, and when I see, yeah, we do. <laughs> I see things on TV like CNN will show a piece about uh, a child participating in a a study having to do with brain waves or what have you. And and they'll show a, a little boy who's probably, in my estimation, an Asperger's child. Mm-hmm. You know, perfectly capable of talking with the anchor person and saying why he went to the hospital and what was he going to tell his friends in school about what he went through and what are the doctors going to find when they look at your brain, Harry? And Harry replies, oh, they're going to find that I'm a genius. Okay, so then they put Harry on the, the scanner thing and he participates in the test, and he comes out, and he leaves the hospital with his mom. Well, I watch that, and I think, well, what's wrong with him? You know, exactly. and it's, it's a segment on autism. So when the general public sees that, and me being an autism mom, I see that, and I think, well, I think he did pretty damn good. You know, I think he did excellent. He made eye contact with the interviewer. He spoke in a sentence. He participated in the test. So what is the world complaining about is what I think, that – the people on the outside look at something like this and say, what are these people complaining about? He, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that kid. Again, we want to stress that it, it goes from left to right, from zero to 60, you know, in, in degrees. It can be all or it could be nothing or it could be in the middle. And for the folks living and living, for me to use the word living, I think that's arrogant on my part. Uh, I'll say surviving. Mm-hmm. with a family member with severe, severe autism, this is what the community is also fighting for, for these folks that need so much help with their child and will until until they're an adult. It's never going to go away. It's never going to get any better. They're going to need constant 24-hour care, um, any kind exactly. of therapy they can get, medicine, you know, supports, uh, equipment for the home. You know, 
it's it just it's unending. I I might complain about my position in life and what I do with my son, but let me tell you, you watch one of these videos and it, you just zip, shut your mouth right right then and there, because I I don't I couldn't do it. I probably would if I had to, but I I I thank God I am where I am and not and there. End up institutionalized. I'd end up institutionalized yeah. somewhere. I mean, they must have the patience even- of utter saints. Mm-hmm. And one of the other issues, and, and it's, I don't want to say a sidebar, but it's certainly not a nice idea to have to wow. deal with this. Many of these folks are never able to be toilet trained. So you have 20, 25-year-old family members that are still in diapers. And they're costly, and you have to try and pick up a 160-pound 18-year-old and change his diaper. You know, and again, just not a a pleasant thing to deal with. Exactly. Definitely not a pleasant thing to deal with. Uh, No, not at all. And I wanted to tell folks, if, if you really want to see how these folks live... Again, using the term loosely, an excellent source of information is just go on YouTube and search for severe autism. There is uh, a lady on there that has a channel, and she posts continuous updates about her son. And you will see this good-looking, very tall, thin, 20-year-old young man walking around the living room in a diaper with headgear on with his hands restrained down to his sides and he just walks around in circles and walks around in circles and walks around in circles and the mom says it goes on from seven in the morning until they go to bed at night and then some days she'll she'll show a video of him self-abusing and she'll describe for you the seizure activity and and point out via the little balloons you can put on YouTube when it's happening and what how he's responding to it. And she is she's a saint, but she's also desperate. She says, please, people need to understand we need help. We've been doing this for 12, 18 hours in the past 24 hours and our home nurse is not here yet. You know, where our funding's been cut off for a home nurse. You know, it, it's just desperate. So Please, it is because there's a lot of a lot of legislation. Well, there's um, a lot of states that don't cover autism-related services, so you're paying out of pocket on top of it. You know, and then or they're they're only covering up to and including so many days or so many hours or so many dollars in your. In your through your insurance carrier, and then they cut it off, and then where are you? You know, again, I mean, she breaks it down. I don't know how she even gets the time. I know many of her her YouTube shows will say that she only slept two hours that day. Um, I I really don't know how she does it. She has greatest admiration for me. Not that that matters to her at all. Um, but that's why we wanted to do this show for people like that. <sighs> right now it's a little noisy at my place. There's also another lady. Her name is Michelle M. Guppy and she has a blog at blogspot.com and it's called life with autism blog by Michelle Guppy. 
It's about her son, Brandon, and he is severely autistic. And her blog this month explained her daily frustration and heartbreak in dealing with her son and wants others to know that autism is not a cutesy disorder and it's not something to be celebrated. She had a little bit of a different take on Autism Awareness Month. Her frustration, her frustration with the media and everybody blowing bubbles and lighting it up blue and, you know, the whole schmageggy. She said, you come to my house, see what I do all day. Um, all the doors have to be locked. All the, you know, everything has to be locked up or this child will get hurt somehow. It's just unbelievable. So please take a look, not in a voyeuristic manner, but in, a, in an educational way to learn more about what these families go through. Exactly. Because it is, it is somewhat, it is somewhat tragic. I mean, that's a good word. Tragic. It is. It's tragic. But by the same token, and before I forget this, the lady that puts herself out there on YouTube for everyone to learn, I did watch one video and I was surprised at the end, showing my ignorance, it showed uh, the mom, the dad, the young man, and the other family members, I think they have a couple more boys, out on a boat or something. And here is the, the young man, severely autistic, but yet he's, you can see on his face he's happy. I mean, it's, it's a happy look on his face. It's a semi-smile. They're out in the sun. You know, his hair is blowing. So at least for those few moments... In that day, he wasn't self-abusing. He wasn't having a seizure, you know. So that kind of gave me a little bit of a heartwarming, but I'm sure it's not the majority of their day. No, definitely not. They sound like they struggle big time. Big time. So I guess that leads to our random news stories. Okay. Well, I picked out three. Um... I, one of which I, I found on foxnews.com, and it's the 10 best places to live with autism. And this was published on April 1st, so it's a little old, but a survey released by Autism Speaks, the world's largest autism science and advocacy organization, names the top 10 best places to live if you have autism. The top place was New York City, closely followed by Los Angeles, then Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Boston. Other honorable mentions include northern New Jersey, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Seattle, and Milwaukee. They, they mentioned Milwaukee twice. The criteria for the survey included the satisfaction of the availability availability of services and resources, the proximity of services to where they live, flexible employer policies, access to clinical slash medical care and recreational opportunities. The sur survey also revealed that the states where communities were unhappy about local autism resources or lack thereof, including Texas, Virginia, Tennessee, Ohio, Florida, Michigan, and California. Nearly 75% of respondents were not satisf satisfied with their community's resources and services for autism. I was like, oh, great. Thanks. Another survey, but I don't live in one of the 10, ten best places to live, so. <laughs> Did they say who conducted the survey? Just out of curiosity. You probably said it and I missed it. It was released by Autism Speaks. Okay. Yeah, Autism Speaks actually released that. And then I found another one. The title of it is Executive Takes on Autism. 
I'm not exactly sure if this is a United States-based thing because it says Westchester, but it doesn't tell me if it's Westchester like New York or Westchester wherever. But it was found at Cincinnati.com, news.cincinnati.com. So I'm assuming that's Westchester near Cincinnati somewhere. So, but when Tammy Anderson launched her web-based business, gotautism.com, I think I talked about that, didn't I? Um, Her son, Lucas, 13, had been diagnosed five years earlier with Asperger's disorder, a developmental disability that's a form of autism. Having experience with the disorder, Anderson knew the difficulties of finding educational tools to help her son and her family cope with his challenges. GotAutism.com was launched in November 2008 to fill that need and today offers a comprehensive catalog of educational and recreational products to help parents help their kids. But that um, link could be found on our on our website. Um, then I also found one that was Seven Unexpected Ways to Increase Your Child's Learning by Dr. Carrie Miller. And, and again, this is probably more for the um, higher functioning kids, I guess. But I'm just going to go, I'm going to quickly read through, you know, what her headings were, emotions and stress. And I thought this was pretty interesting. It says, because of the way the brain is wired, emotional states run our lives. Every activity in which your child engages in is infused with his emotions. Emotions are constantly changing and are easily influenced. Emotions such as joy encourage brain cell development by releasing chemicals such as dopamine. When children are happy and calm, they learn and remember more than when they are anxious, tense, or irritated. Your child's brain releases dopamine in response to a pleasurable circumstances such as chocolate ice cream. But even more importantly, the brain releases dopamine in response to security, recognition, and success. Um, so I could see where my son is lagging in um, academics because he's constantly in a state of anger and frustration and anxiety. Um, The other headings were motivation and inspiration, social influences, movement, bodies, natural rhythms and preferences, nutrition, physical environment, and then physical environments was the last one. But you could definitely find that that article at uh, autismwarriors.com in the show notes for this week's show. But that pretty much wraps up the random news stories. I'll have to check that out. I often wondered, there has to be some natural way to increase your dopamines or your dopamine production or something. I know, I mean, right? Other than taking medicine, there has to be some way to get, I think running might be one of them or is that endorphins? I don't know. That's endorphins, I think. I think. Well, still, if it's a nas- if national, natural substance in your body, if it exists in your body naturally, there has to be some things that either increase it or decrease it that are inherent in the, the physiology of your body. You know, if you sit, you get less. If you stand, you get more. You know, there, there should be some activity that you can do to increase that that, that doesn't involve extraneous Things. Exactly. Things. What a great word. You know what I mean. I know. You what know, you, mean. you could go for a run or, or jump rope or 
anything like that as opposed to having to take some medicine. Exactly. So, so how was your week? Well, like I say, this month, April, Autism Awareness Month, we're all very, I don't want to say happy to have it. We we appreciate that the community supports itself and, and others in this month and that folks recognize our kids, our adults on the spectrum and that type of thing. But it, for me, it was this year. I don't know why. Last year wasn't that bad. This year it was just like a big slap in the face. Like everywhere I turned, maybe it's because I'm on Facebook more now. Everywhere I turned, it was like somebody was telling their story or, or this activity or this fundraiser or don't forget about this or, you know, it just hit me a lot harder this this year. I don't know why. I, I really don't know why. And I had a, a rotten experience with a friend from high school on Facebook where I just happened to comment. I just commented about a video that was posted of a little kid in the backseat of a car who was crying. He was crying and, and persisting on something and his parents were kind of getting a kick out of it. So they videotaped it, you know, but he was having a little kid meltdown. He was just having a little kid fit. And my friend said, uh, boy, like if that was my kid, you know, I would have reached back there and give him the backhand, you know, from the front seat. And not kiddingly, but lighthandedly, uh, heartedly, I said, well, boy, if you can't stand that kid, you'd never make it in, in my house with, you know, where we have autism. And it, then it began. The, the fight began. You know, you get that little boxing ring dinger and ding, ding, ding. And, <laughs> and the gloves came off and everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, myself and my, my high school friend were going at it. And he was like, what the, what is this? You always have to interject the autism in there. And, and, you know, uh, just really rude, obnoxious stuff about who was I to jump in and, and pull the autism defense out of my you-know-what and, you know, why do people have to label everything and and people label things so that they, I'll never get over this one, so that they can have a more utopia-like life? <laughs> and that was when I was oh, like, yeah. okay, you know, uh, now I understand. You obviously yes. should pull Yes, I went... Beer. I went and got my kid labeled to make my life more utopia-like. Or anybody. Let's say not even me. Let's not. Let's say I don't take it personally. You know, I went and got my kid labeled because that was the. Pro- it was just a natural progression in his th- in their therapies, and more so Garrett. But on top of it, in order to get any special ed services, you need a label. Well, please do tell. Uh, since having that, does it make you feel more utopia-like? No, it makes me feel more stressed out. I'll tell you what it makes me feel like, but, you know, this is supposed to be a, what do I want to say, a PG show, you know. But the point, what it just went back and forth and back and forth. And, and I said, look, I'm just trying to say that you're a parent of a child, and uh, an adult child, who is beautiful and talented. Be thankful for that. And that was not a cutting remark. I just meant 
thank thank whoever you want to thank. Do your kids okay? And then I got that thrown back in my face in the in the form of, well, then you think you're going to make me feel guilty for having a normal kid? I no, I didn't want you to feel guilty. That would be absurd. That you'd have to be a total whack job to think that because your child has a problem, you want somebody else whose child is not to feel guilty. I That's, said, yeah. Oh, it was like I, I was, you know, blood pressure. Dun, 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 dun. You know, I would have told him to choke, gag, and get over himself, uh, and ended well, the conversation. No, I got told that reality sucks, and I should deal with it. Reality sucks and you should deal with it. You are dealing with reality. You deal with that reality every day. Every day. And I don't ask you to give me the gold medal of honor for it or anything. I was just saying. I was just trying. It would be like me saying to you, well, if you can't stand loud music, then you wouldn't want to live down the street from those kids that have a rock and roll band. It It was a comparison. You know. Oh, you always have to jump in there with your autism defense. Well, you know what? I won't be jumping in there anymore because I'm not going to waste my breath on anyone that comes back with such a vengeance. I mean, I had that. I've had that conversation with a family member. I won't mention who, but well, you know, they didn't like Garrett's behaviors. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but he is on the autism spectrum and he cannot control some of his behaviors. Behavior is a behave. Some of his behaviors are a form of his of communication and he can't control the way he talks in a sing songy voice. I'm sorry that you don't like the way he talks, but he is on the autism spectrum and I'd like you to respect my child. Oh, argument ensued both strong-willed people and hanging up a phone yeah yeah definitely i was just like you always you always pull the autism card i'm like well do you want to under do you want to understand your family member or would you prefer to live live behind a a veil of ignorance (laughs) oh no no, they didn't say that. That was like, a, oh no, you didn't. They they didn't say that. You pull the you play the autism card. No, oh, yeah, they did. Oh, see, they told, yeah, bad. they told me. Oh, you always pull you pulled the art, autism card, and I'm like, would you rather live behind a veil of ignorance and um, not know your 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 family member? Would you not? Yeah, know? we use. You don't want to understand why That's he's behaving yeah. this way. Yeah, it's an. Ex- you're excusing his behavior by saying it's part of his autism. Excuse me, but I don't let my kids get away with anything. If they misbehave, they misbehave, whether it, whether it be because of their autism or not. If I tell them if it's an inappropriate behavior, I tell them just like that. That is inappropriate behavior for this setting. You do not act that way. I don't let them get, you know, I was just like, you need to, you, 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 yeah, I was like, you need to get off my phone. Goodbye. Could anybody in their wildest dreams even imagine that, yes, you have the autism. I'll tell you, I hate using that, the autism card. And I only use it when I absolutely have to. I don't let, I don't let my children be defined. I don't let autism define my children. I let them define themselves 
you know, I, I don't, I don't say, oh, here, here, hello. I don't introduce my children. Oh, here's Garrett. He has autism. Here's oh, Cassie. No. She has no. autism. You know, I, no. If somebody questions the way they behave, the way that family member did, or had, had something negative to say about him, that's when I go, well, you need to understand that this is what is happening. His behavior, you know, and this was a few years ago. So when he was more, more severe, um, I just tried to explain to this family member, you know, what was going on. And she, she was just like, you pulled the autism card. I'm like, you know, forget it. You don't see this child. You don't see this child enough. You don't spend enough time with this child enough to be able to say anything about his behaviors and your child started it. So leave me alone. <laughs> Get off my phone. Click. Oy vey. Don't, don't call me for a while. I'm too irritated. Yeah. So that was, that was part of my week, month, whatever. And this week, good thing. Joey had a track and field day and I don't know what place he earned, but Thursday we go to the special Olympics to the chicken race, like I said, and hopefully he'll get first place again. If not, no biggie. And we had an IEP meeting today, which was pretty good. I always think I, scare the speech pathologist though i don't know she was just really withdrawn and quiet and she got all nervous and and couldn't answer and stammered and well i can't come up with a I, 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 and i'm like all i did was ask a question i don't know maybe it's the way i come across maybe people think i'm putting them on the spot i'm not i'm not questioning your expertise i'm just saying tell me how you teach that lesson so that i can under oh and by the way we got the red beyond red green and yellow thing today so when I was sitting in the meeting and they whipped out this paper with the red, green, you know, I thought, oh, I'm on green. Okay, I've heard this before. Um, but, you know, I kind of listened to their spiel about that. And uh, Joey's teacher said that his negative behaviors are, quote, unquote, not an issue anymore in class. So they don't take data on them. It doesn't mean they don't exist. It means they're not quantitative enough to warrant keeping data on it. Well, that's good. It is. She should come over to my house and take data. <laughs> I'll give you some data here. I'll give you plenty of data. Yeah. Come over but, to my uh, house. <laughs> yeah, I got data. I haven't taken any other than mentally, but anywho. So, you know, another week. How was yours? Well, it was okay. Um I love Cassidy. I really do. She's she's a bright child, but sometimes she's not too bright. <laughs> okay, so she lacks in areas of socialization. That is what the problem here is. She brought she remembered to bring her clarinet to school yesterday. She went to her lesson, but because the teacher was not in the classroom, she thought she thought there was no lesson. But of course, the teacher was in the hallway speaking with somebody else. So Cassidy turned around and just went right back upstairs and was like, "Well, I guess I'm not having my lesson." She didn't even bother to ask the teacher. She just went right back to class. And I said to her, I said, Cassidy, after yelling at her for, you know, a little while, um, <laughs> I said, I said, seriously, Cassidy, what you could have done differently is you could have gone to the teacher and asked the teacher, when does my lesson start? Are you ready for my lesson? Anything. You, you don't just turn around and go back to class. If you know that 
nine o'clock is your time to have your lesson, then you're down there at nine o'clock and the teacher's nowhere to be found. You sit in that room till the teacher gets there. It's as simple and as complicated as that. And I just think her lack of social skills came into play there. No big deal. She'll go bring her clarinet back on Monday and have her lesson, hopefully. She hasn't, you know, at least she made the effort to go to class, whereas before she wasn't making the effort to go to class. Um, Garrett had a bad week last week. He came home every day either on orange or red. And on Thursday, I called the teacher and asked her to give me a call because I wanted to know why Garrett was, you know, why why Garrett's behaviors warranted him to be on either orange or red. I never got a call back. I still haven't gotten a call back. I called Thursday. I can only assume why Garrett was on those colors, but he can't tell he couldn't tell me why. And okay. I'm sorry, but I want a report from the teacher. That's to her job. If you have a parent that calls yeah. concerned about their child, you should call back. So I gave her until today, which is three three days to call me back. She didn't call. I'm calling the principal tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Cause Can you email the, her? They don't I don't email. No, they don't have email. Um, no, ref, no return, return phone call says to me, I don't care. And I asked Garrett, and remember I told you that in the in the PPT meeting, they said they were going to start him on a picture schedule again? Yeah. I, I asked him, I said, did they start you on your picture schedule again, Garrett? No. He goes, what's a picture schedule? I go, it shows you pictures of what you're supposed to do and tells you every job that you have for the day. Oh, no, Mom, I don't get that. Okay. Strike two for the teacher. Mm. How do, how am I going to, I want to know, I want to know if these are being implemented and if they're not being implemented, I've got a real problem with this. Um, he's still having, um, also Garrett's still having difficulty expressing his emotions other than in an angry manner. He seems hopeless. He hates everything. Um, and actually his initial evaluation for behavioral health therapy is this Thursday. And I'm hoping that it'll, it will help him, help me help him learn learning better coping mechanisms and learning to express himself rather than act on his whatever volcano was going on. We had a horrible afternoon today. Um, I tried joking around with him, like, I'm like, do I have to sit on you? He's like, no. And then, I, you know, you're, if you're going to have this behavior, you know, it's very inappropriate. I don't care. Well, um, I care. I don't care, Mom. I just don't care. And I'm like, he hit his sister twice. And he felt remorseful about it. But he came up to me and he whispers in my ear and he says, could you tell Cass- can you tell Cassidy that I'm sorry? I said, no, you need to tell her you're sorry yourself. If you feel bad that you hit your sister, you need to talk to her yourself. It's not mom's job to apologize for you. So he went into the kitchen where Cassidy was and he was like, Cassidy, I'm really sorry I hit you. And then she kisses her on the arm and walks away. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and what was her reaction? You're so what funny. He, he goes. He kissed me. On, she kissed me on the. He kissed me on the arm. That's so weird. 
like, ah, he's trying to apologize to you. <laughs> Just let him Aww. apologize already, you know? But, uh, you know, yeah, his behaviors are getting a little bit out of control. I mean, he's just flies off the handle. If you interrupt him during whatever he's focusing on, he will fly off the handle. Yeah. Uh, I if get you that. tell him, tell him, he, okay, it's time to get off the PlayStation, oh, fly off the handle. Oh, yeah. Oh, he got the PlayStation taken away from him today. He got his DS taken away from him today for hitting his sister. Um, the PlayStation got turned off because it was time for dinner and he started flipping out because he didn't want to get off the PlayStation. I said, I just took that controller and I turned the darn thing off and I said, no more PlayStation for the rest of the night. You've already played on it for an hour. No more. You're done. You're going to eat your dinner and you're going to be done. And what kind of reaction do you get to that? Just oh, curious. he had a conniption fit, slamming things, kicking things, okay. yelling, um, just really out of control, you know. So he has his initial evaluation on Thursday and just hoping it'll help me to help him, you know, get get what. Why are you so angry out? So, but I think it's a good move. I I'd consider that myself uh because i'm i'm somewhat impressed with what you say they've been able to do for your daughter in the group therapy setting and uh, i don't see why an individualized you know program wouldn't work too yeah. for for your well, son or could, mine i guess apparently from what his psychi- psychologist at the school the school psychologist said he goes to a lunch buddies program every monday Every Monday, the school psychologist picks him up for lunch, and he has other little boys that he sits around the table, and they eat their lunch together, and they talk about social stories and stuff like that. So that's kind of like his group therapy, but I'm kind of hoping that once we get the ball rolling with the individual therapy, he might be able to get into a group therapy that might help him. I'm I'm not sure. But even so, I'll give kudos to the psychologist or the school for at least making that much of an effort to to have oh, yeah. something available. That, I think that's a pretty cool idea. Well, it seems like the school psychologist and the special education teacher are good at follow through, but obviously the general education teacher is not good at follow through because she can't return my phone call and she hasn't implement, re-implemented the picture schedule. So how dare you put my son on red, orange, black, whatever color, when you haven't done your job, it implemented what you said you were going to implement. True. True. Because that so, was, what, beginning beginning of last month for your PBT was, meeting? PBT meeting was uh, two weeks ago this Thursday. Okay. Yep. So the beginning of the month. It was... Well, it was March 31st because April 1st was on a Friday. So, yeah, it was March 31st was the PPT meeting. And it's been, what, almost two weeks and you haven't implemented this yet? What's Why are you dragging your feet? Or do you just not like my child? Because if you don't like my child, I got a real problem with you. You know, why aren't you calling me back? That is completely unacceptable. So, but anyway... Everything will all work out, as it always does. 
Um, we'll be next week. We'll be talking still April Autism Awareness Month and what autism families want you to know. And we'll also be announcing the winner of the Discover My Voice License Contest. I want to thank you, Pam, for being my co-host again this week. My pleasure, as always. It's and I mean that. Have, it is a pleasure to have you. Um, well, if you want to contact us or leave any feedback or even enter that Discover My Voice license contact, you can email us at feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. Our website is www autismwarriors.com our facebook is facebook's backslash autism warriors facebook.com backslash say it productions our twitter is say it prods um thank you so much for oh go to the say it productions website and click on donate and see all of the ways in which you can donate to help keep this show up and running thank you so much for listening um to autism warriors and uh we'll see you next week Thank you.